Welcome to The Table, a weekly podcast where we discuss biblical principles and learn how to apply them to our everyday lives. In 2021, Pastor Don Castleberry will lead us on a journey through the Bible in chronological order and share with us insights that are sure to grow our faith. So relax, grab a seat, and thanks for joining us for this episode at The Table. Hey, welcome to the table. We are so blessed. We have uh, Judge and Judy Lewis with us. Lewis is welcome to the table. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, we are looking forward to this. We uh, have been in a series here at the church, and uh, I know this year we've been going through on the uh, podcast episodes looking at the chronological Bible study uh, and how it's been blessing the people. Um, but during uh, the month of February, we've taken to look at a sermon series called Love is Understanding, and it's talking about uh, racial unity in the body of Christ. And so that is why I ask you guys to join me at the table. I think there's a lot that we could learn and grow in with this family. They have an incredible story. Uh, could you guys just, uh, for somebody that's listening that doesn't go to the church um, but that could be uh, out there that's just listening. Just give us a brief history of who you are. Could you do that? You go first. <laughs> well, I'm Theotis, married to Judy. Um, I guess my uh, original birth was in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I was born shortly after World War II. I think the president was Truman. And I lived through the Eisenhower, Kennedy, etc. eras. Uh, I grew up in an area that was uh, somewhat segregated. Um, there were a lot of issues that occurred. Some of the historical moments in history occurred there. We had the Little Rock uh, incident involving President Eisenhower in 1957. We had several other incidents of that nature uh, throughout my uh, early learning career. And... Um, I left after high school and went up north to get married. They tell me I was going to school. Actually, <laughs> I think the Lord sent me up there simply to get married. That's the only thing I got out of the area that I went to, went to Chicago. And the best thing out of Chicago was a wife. So that's sort of and, and roughly. So what did you go to school for? I was in an engineering school. Uh, I decided toward the end of the, my career, I didn't want to be an engineer. And I end up going to law school. And for those that are listening, uh, Theodos is a judge. Was a judge. You're retired now, correct? That's correct. And uh, he was a judge in uh, Sagamon County, which is here in Illinois. And uh, what was the process like with that? Very difficult. <laughs> Very difficult. <laughs> well, it's uh, it was a long process uh, in a sense. Uh, I was selected after a number of years. Uh, and uh, I was approved by all the other judges, or at least the majority of the judges in the uh, Seventh Judicial Circuit, which included uh, seven of, I'm sorry, six other six counties, including Sangamon. And I was appointed to be an associate judge here in the, this region, this judicial district. And I served for a number of years. I've been retired now, I think, uh, 13 years. And was there a lot of African-American judges when you was entering the process? <laughs> there were two down south that I knew of. There was one maybe outside of Cook County, and that was about it. I think I was the 
third or fourth, maybe a fifth judge out of uh, outside of Chicago. And I think in Chicago there were less than ten, maybe seven. Wow. So there were very few at that particular time. So groundbreaking. Uh, Miss Judy, what's your, what's your story? What's my story? Uh, I was born in Chicago and uh, went through public schools there, met this guy in college, <laughs> got married, and we kind of traveled the world together. It's my story. What, what part of Chicago was you from? Southside. Southside of Chicago. Did you did your uh, family grow up uh, Chicago sports fans at all? Uh, yeah, we were White Sox mostly. Oh wow! And, I mean, Cubs were North Side, so but White Sox, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I've never met a White Sox fan. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, uh, I was like closer to our house to get to the games. Yeah, yeah. So we are super excited about uh, you guys being willing to have conversation with us. And the heart of coming around the table is just growth in people's lives. And one of the things that I have been blessed with you guys is, um, I know you guys do a lot with Craig Hill Ministries and um, Freedom Ministries and seeing people liberated and set free. You guys have one of the coolest, I think, stories as far as just what I've seen as far as the, the you, it's evident the freedom that you walk in and your heart to share that with other people. And I know there's, I don't even know if you guys remember this, but the last time I was in Pawnee as a youth pastor, um, you guys gave me some books and DVDs learning how to bless my kids. And I, I didn't even know that was a thing at the time. And that blessed our family tremendously. Uh, on this episode, some of the things I want to talk about, there's, you know, there's so much division in the country, um, not just race, but political. I mean, just in so many different areas. Um, and I, I want to just talk to you guys about what you believe it's going to take for some racial reconciliation in America and in the church of America. And what is the church's role? Like when I say the church, the people of the church's role with that. Um, and so, um, what would you guys say uh, gives you hope as far as with some sort of reconciliation across uh, the country, the nation, and America? It, it is possible. I mean, with God, nothing is impossible. Yeah. And it takes God to do it. And the church must come to where they are yielding to the Spirit of God because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you is not prejudiced in any way. And he loves all the people that you dislike. And he loves everyone. And we need a realization of that in the church, how God loves everyone. And he doesn't see a difference. And the enemy's tool is to use differences. Wow, that's good. It's, it's this tool that he uses, divide and conquer. So, so uh, when you say, if I'm understanding you right, God just sees us as his children. Right, we are. Yeah. Everyone, everyone he created in this earth are his. And he didn't see any distinction. Correct. It didn't come from God. Yeah. You're preaching. Preaching at the table, Miss Judy. That's good. And I think that is, I love what you said too. He, he loves everybody. Like even, even the people that 
say, well, I dislike so-and-so because of their bias, because of whatever. God still has a heart for that person. Right. Absolutely. As much as he loves you, he loves them. Yeah, that's good. You know, that's kind of a loaded question. It's very complicated uh, for resolution. But as Judy was saying, the resolution is is Christ. You know, I I guess the way I thought about it when I was younger, because I went through a lot of the trauma and experiences of differences and people treating you differently because of the color of your skin, et cetera, et cetera. And I always look back at my biblical history. I said, you know, we came from Adam and Eve. You know, we have to believe yeah. the Bible. If the Bible has to be true or untrue. If it's true, then we came from Adam and Eve, which means the, the only human race came from two people, and we're all descendants of them. So what's the big deal? Yeah. Now, that's, that's kind of a flipping answer in some respects. But I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. We are the same. There is no race other than the race of God. So Christianity, in a sense, is the answer. Or in another sense, God is the answer. Uh, conflict will be with us for years. The realization is not uh, anger, animosity, retaliation, uh, uh, judgment, or anything of that nature. It's a matter of reconciling who we are and who is our leader, in a sense, who we're responsible for, to, and that is God. So that realization's got to come to all of mankind, you know, that we are not different, we are the same, and we all should be trained equally, and we should all should work in the interest of God. God set the guidelines, he set the rules for behavior and what we're to do while we're here on the earth. And if we get down, tied down to that and start doing that, it'll resolve a lot of the issues we have concerning differences that we perceive to be there, which are not there. And since I'm talking, (laughs) the other thing we have to primarily keep in mind that the enemy is not each other. That's good. There is a battle out there. There's a war going on, and we don't even understand that we are in it. And we are fighting each other. It's kind of like during some of the biblical times and you had great armies that fought, and they ended up fighting against each other and destroying each other yeah. and not really knowing what was the source of the problem that brought their destruction. And that's what's happening now. We have people of races, uh, supposedly different colors, <laughs> different ethnic groups, different appearances, and, 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 and we fight and can't get along at all in any respects, which is strange. But it's the same problem, whether it's in America, if you go to Africa, <laughs> you got the same issues in terms of people not liking each other, yeah. people killing each other, people disapproving of each other. You can go to India and you have a caste system. Yeah. You can go to anywhere in the world, South America, <laughs> Russia, <laughs> anywhere that you would like, and there's always some issue involving people. Some of the mighty massacres involved some European nations. Yeah. You wonder, what was the issue there? Well, it's something behind that. And that's what we call the enemy. And we've got to see what the real enemy is. And that's who we need to fight together and not separately. So I don't know. It's a big issue. It's a big issue of understanding. It's a big issue of um, people's opinions of each other's. Uh, has been skewed all over the years. Some of it's generational, some of it's practice, some of, some of it is based on uh, what they've observed from other people yeah. in terms of this country, in terms of racial 
uh, prejudice, you have a southern experience, which is one way. You have a northern experience, which is a little bit differently in some respects, but it was all the same thing. You had the North and the South War, you know, and it ended up being conflicts that involved slavery in, in a great respects. Economics played a part of it. But you had people conceiving that these things were right because of their ancestors did the certain things, they believed certain things, and they acted in a certain way. And it's like the real problem with a lot of generations and groups and peoples are they have embedded in them a vicious uh, um, line or distinction which is distorted, and they don't even know that. Wow. So it's a matter of really coming to Christ, let him sort that out, and let him uh, speak the truth to you about your situation <laughs> and uh, what's really involved and who the real enemy is behind covers behind doors, behind people, yeah. behind political associations, behind countries, individuals. It, there's a deep, dark, uh, secret weapon that he uses to distort the whole world and what we think about each other. And um, the whole thing is to, to eliminate the uh, progress that God wants in the world, that is make sons and daughters for his kingdom and for each of us to bring others in. But if we're fighting, if we d dislike each other, then we don't get that objective done. And furthermore, we don't even hear the instructions from the person we should be hearing it from, which is God. So it's a big issue, I've said a lot, but it's a big issue, uh, it involves a lot of things, but it revolves background to God. Listen to him, let him speak the truth to you. Follow that in spite of what you've learned and known from your past. Let the Spirit of God in you, if you have the Spirit of God in you, be your guide in your direction. And for those who don't have the Spirit of God in, our objective is to get the Spirit of God in there. So for reconciliation, first we need to get people saved. Wow, that's so get good. get the help of the Holy Spirit in them to deal with whatever distortion they have had in their life, their background, whatever the enemy has embedded in their thinking and their prior behavior generationally or whatever. And get it straightened out so they can receive the truth about each other. We are one race. Yeah. We descended from two people, and that's the fact. Later on, of course, there was Noah and his group, but still descended from one source. And we all are made in the image of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ and our God and Savior of the world. So, you know, it's a it's a big picture. I don't want to say a simple solution, but it's a matter of re recharging, rethinking your thinking to look beyond race, beyond distinctions, beyond distortions, mm -hmm. and look at what the real truth is about what's going on. Judy, what was you going to add to that? You, you was I, I was just, I was going to say that um, truth has to come into the equation because everything that's wrong someone's believing a lie. Yeah. They're believing something that's not true, and they're not believing the Bible. And what keeps coming to me is uh, where Jesus says, repent yeah. and believe the gospel. Right. We don't believe the gospel in the church for wow. the most part. Let me give you an example. There are two scriptures that always I, I look to, and that is where he says, be angry and sin not. 
So the anger is going to come, situations are going to come, but you've got to make a choice to be angry, but don't sin. And then it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, which means by the end of the day, you need to settle this issue. You don't go to sleep on it so that a, a root of bitterness comes into your life and you're embittered and you defile many. It's what the scripture says. So in dealing with offense, in dealing with everything immediately, and don't sin with it, means I must keep my heart right before God no matter what you do or don't do. Wow. I must do it. That's my choice. And as a church, that's what the church has to do, is believe the Bible. The other important scripture is, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. So you're not looking for this person who offended you to pay. You're looking to God to settle the issue. So you're turning it over to him. And if, if everybody would walk in that, you wouldn't have riots. You wouldn't have all of that because you're trusting God who saw every injustice and he is the God of justice. That's his his throne, the foundation yeah. of his throne. Mm -hmm. So he is going to make it right. That's where you're looking. You're looking to him, not to, you know, some other person. Right. I, I, rem I remember... Uh... So, Miss Judy, you gave me, and this is a free plug for Rick Renner, you gave me a uh, a book by Rick Renner, and I know this is somebody you guys both love, but changed my life. Uh, and I, I think when I was in Omaha, I probably told everybody about Rick Renner. I, I was a spokesperson. But one of the things I see what you're saying is the seed has to start with the word. And so often I think we're we get off as people is the seed that we start off with is opinion. It's feelings, it's emotion. It's not the word. And that causes uh, judge what you was saying. We begin to focus on issues rather than the enemy. And that turns us towards one another rather than fighting together towards the true enemy. Mm -hmm. And man, I loved what you said, Miss Judy about vengeance is the Lord's. And so often we try to do his job for him. Uh, and, and we can't, we can't <laughs> right? You you guys probably have experienced in your own life opportunities um, racially um, where things have maybe been done to you where you had to look at and trust the Lord with that. Yeah. When we first started uh, working with uh, family foundations uh, and we would do seminars, it was like all the churches that we ended up going to were white churches. And I'm saying, Lord, what is this? He says, I've called you a sandpaper. <laughs> That's wow. what he said. He said that there are people in, in, in these churches who don't know that they have prejudice in their heart until they encounter you. And to assist them in the freedom of that. Yeah. I thought, well, Lord, can't you call someone else? <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, though, because it, we're not talking about the world. We're talking about in the, the church. church. In the That's church. Really. So this is like 20-some years ago. It's like, Lord, you know, it's, so those were the doors he would open up. We'd be white churches, and you know, we go do seminars. We've, had, we've been... We're, we're, 
diversified it somewhat. We've been yeah. in a lot of different areas. Areas. But, yeah. the, but the thing is, God has kind of made us, um, I don't want to say oblivious, but I don't think we see color so much as uh, where God says to go. Yeah, he, I think, he, think I even was, in this church, it was God said go. Yes, following him. It was not necessary. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess that's, that's, that's our objective is to do what he wants to do in spite of our situations or whatever. So we've been kind of commune to that. We've gone to strange places uh, before just because we believe God said do it. And he's met us. So we've, we've gone to some foreign some nations on a, interesting places. on a voice from the Lord. <laughs> it goes, I think it goes back to uh, what you were saying in the beginning about God doesn't see color. And yeah. so freedom doesn't see color. Right. You know, right. freedom is freedom. It's for anybody that's willing to to receive freedom. And that's, man, that's so crazy, you know, how God would use you in the church and show you something that needed to be addressed that for years had been overlooked. And so we're going to take a break real quick. Um, but when we come back, I want to talk about specifically about freedom and what you guys would say the benefit of walking with the Holy Spirit is. Can we do that? Sure. To dive deeper and grow more spiritually, check out Pastor AB's blog, Be the Tree Devos. You can find his blog on BeTheTreeDevos.com. Hey, welcome back to the table. Uh, as discussed before the break, we are going to dive a little bit more into spiritual freedom. Uh, that's a great part of reconciliation. Uh, I love, um, Judge and Judy, how you guys walk with a spirit of freedom. And my wife and I, we've talked about this for years, but when we look at overall at the church body, there's a level of freedom that you guys walk in that, man, so many people could benefit from. And I love, Judy, uh, the, what you had uh, alluded to before the, the break that we had. You said, vengeance is the Lord's. Uh, he will repay. Um, and we see that, you know, as you walk in life, at least if you do, it doesn't show. It doesn't show that you guys hold things. <laughs> like, you just know how to release things and let things go and grow. And there's a maturity that comes with that. So what would you guys say, uh, Judge, you had been talking to about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. There, there might be somebody that's listening to this and one, they're like, uh, who is the Holy Spirit? And two, they're like, how am I, how do I uh, be filled and guided by the Holy Spirit? What would you say to that for people? The Holy Spirit comes first with experience with God, knowing him. And knowing that he, he he talks about this in Scripture and Acts and a lot of the places where you saw on the day of Pentecost, the, uh, there were people who received teachings and then they would receive a feeling of the Holy Spirit. And the question is, what what is that? I can probably, I guess, uh, express my experience. I received teaching a long, long time ago and uh, some ministry in the area about the Holy Spirit and at that time, it was indicated it should be evidenced by speaking in other languages or having a language that wasn't your language, and that would be the language of the Holy Spirit. 
And um, so I, I saw that, and you had discussions, and you had, uh, I guess, debates about whether you should tarry for it. How does it come? Well, you first have to believe <laughs> there is a Holy Spirit and believe that uh, God wants to be a part of you. All through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, God had experiences with people where he expressed through prophets certain things and he came upon people. But he told Israel, there's going to come a time that I'm going to be within you and I'll teach you and minister you that way. So really, this is like having the essence of God within you. You can, you can be saved simply by believing that he, Jesus, that he has died for us. He paid the price for our sins. He was our advocate uh, that allowed us to actually receive a freedom and an eternal life with him uh, uh, through our belief in Jesus because Jesus paid the ultimate price for sin. We all were under sin, a sin sentence. If I was a judge and you came before me and I looked at your background, you had sin, you would, be, you would receive punishment and judgment. But in the case of Jesus, he came in. He paid the price for the sins. So if I look at you and I see Jesus, then I see somebody without sin. I say, hey, I, I can't punish you. you you're free. You, you're free to go. You, you have a freedom and you won't be punished and, and, and for your sins because he, somebody's already paid the price of that. But now there's an issue of how did I walk in wisdom and direction with this newfounding freedom of being free from sin. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He becomes your uh, minister. He becomes your teacher, your guide. But you have to understand and recognize that he is present and can do that. And you have the right to ask him into your life, and he'll come in. He's a perfect gentleman. So you can be saved, receive salvation, but then you have to invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Wow, he won't good. just come in himself. He's perfect gentleman. He won't violate your will. He won't violate your intentions in any respect. So you have to say, Father, I want you to come in and be a part of my life and lead me from this day forth. And the Holy Spirit would do as you ask and come into you. And then you have to release yourself to the freedom that he has. I don't know what the, uh, the language of the Spirit is, but the Spirit knows. And the Spirit can speak a language. You know, there are different languages throughout the world. When we travel, people communicate, but we don't understand what they are saying. And that's sort of like with the Holy Spirit. So he'll come into you with a language. And he'll give that to you. And that's him talking and wanting you to minister out and as he ministers into you. Mm. And you receive his message in your spirit, which is now in you. And from there, it's a matter, I think, developing that, being sensitive to that, knowing that he's in you once you've invited him into you and allowed him to direct you. And that's where uh, it takes, I don't want to say practice, but in a sense, it is practice. Believing, Father, you in me. I know you're in me, Father. Give me direction, guidance for this situation, uh, this event. Father, minister to my heart. Where did this hurt come from? Wow. I, I, I've got this issue, Father. What's happening? So he can minister to you a, a solution and a result. And, and, and it's not, 
I, I can't say that I actually, um, there have been a time too where you've actually had a, a voice that he ministered to you, but just an impression, knowing that he's there, recognize, believe in that by faith. Just as you had faith to be saved, I have faith to believe the Holy Spirit in, is in me and he can minister to me and I believe it and I receive it. And then you, you want to build, you know, you have the spirit nature in you now, which is good, but you still have the other aspects of you which still need training, your mind, your emotions, your will in a sense. You want to turn it all to the will of the Father. And again, he's not going to violate any of those areas yeah. of you. He's going to allow you to come to him and then he's willing. And knowing that he's willing, then you look for the answer. So in a lot of situations when I'm dealing with the Holy Spirit, I say, Holy Spirit, what did I do here? And then I try to listen to what, what, what does he want me to do? Has he ever told you to do something that was opposite of what you wanted to do? Well, that's quite, quite <laughs> Because the desires are there, and you know what those desires are. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit will tell you the correct answer, where your desires will give you a, a wrong answer. Yeah. Our answer, you believe, was, would be pleasurable for a short period of time, and won't be long-lasting. I could go with many, many, many stories of uh, uh, totally uh, irrational things that I have done, because I didn't lead to listen to the Holy Spirit, but they seem logical to me. So there's a question of getting that man free of your logic, your background, impediment of wounds, hurts, uh, practices, generational, whatever that's in you, and then allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse you. So in race relations, it's the same thing. Sometimes you may have had something embedded in your background that says that people of a certain color uh, are just not as good. Uh, they uh, rally, they have certain behavior patterns. Of you. And that's been embedded you through generation, through practice, uh, procedure, your environment. I'll tell you just a quick example. I can remember an example I had of a person who lived in just a really not good environment. And he cursed all the time. And, and he would come into the environment where I was and he would just curse. And, and he wouldn't do it intentionally. He wouldn't do it meaning, meanly. Uh, he, 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 it's just how you talk. Like we would be talking how you Pastor Don, he would yeah. say something that would be profane. It was normal to him. And that was normal. He didn't know the difference. And sat down and tried to explain that to him. He said, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. But it took a while. I can remember he, he said, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it. Then he walked two or three steps and said it. <laughs> but he caught himself. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's it. That's it. You know, so the Holy Spirit can sometimes do that with you and your own behavior pattern. It may take time. But if you listen to him and you heed his word, then he'll give you the correct answer. But it's a matter of being sensitive to that, getting quiet, listening to him, shutting out things of uh, other sources, other people, and listening to him. The best um, learning period is a quiet period quiet, peaceful period. Now, you don't even have to be reading your Bible. Although reading your Bible is good, but it's just a time when you're still and you're listening. Follow. You know, what do you say? That's good. That's really good. Well, I was intentionally being silent so people can hear. Follow what you say about this situation. And then don't think. Listen. Don't think. Listen for what he wants to say to you. 
and he'll minister to your life. Then you keep practicing that. Practicing, Father, what do you say? And then just stop and listen. Don't think, don't theorize what you think you should say, but let him say it to you. And then you, you develop that more and more. I'm not a perfectionist. I mean, I'm still listening. I'm still uh, looking for the voice of the Lord. But the important thing is be still, be patient, be peaceful. You know he's in an area where there's peace. A lot of scriptures tell you about that. It's not in the rambunctions. He's not in the theatrical. He's in the peace and the quiet. The still place. The still mm-hmm. place. You know, it's, it's crazy, like, as you're saying that, because in our society, silence is so uncomfortable to people. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was thinking a lot of um, a guy that I follow named Miles Monroe. Oh. Uh, and Miles Monroe is like a hero to me. Yeah. And he teaches a lot on retraining the mind with the kingdom. So yeah, a guy that I, like I said, that I really follow and he's been a hero to me is Miles Monroe. And Judge, you had said this in the beginning about um, we focus on the wrong enemy. Well, one of his teachings was that I've picked up over the years is he, and you talked about this um, just a while ago, but retraining the way that we think. And he said like, we're all kingdom kids, but we have to think like a king's kid. And you're, you don't naturally or normally do that. That's something that you have to, re, yeah, retrain your, your mind to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter ec- uh, socioeconomical status, like how you've grown up. We all have to be retrained to think like our father because he sees things so often way different than we do. He sees the big picture and we see our little section of time. And there's policies and procedures in the kingdom that he says, your attitude isn't allowed here doing that, right? Or your reaction. And so, Miss Judy, I wanted to talk to you just for a few minutes. If you could, um, what do you think is the connection with the Holy Spirit and why we need the relationship that Judge was talking about with the Holy Spirit as far as bringing unity to the body of Christ and freedom to people? Without the Spirit of God, we could do absolutely nothing, period. So um, unity only comes, the, the, the spirit of unity primarily is a choice of yielding to the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit's in you, he's in me, and he's in all these others, then he has one desire. And it would be to flow with him. And so as we would all yield to him, we would come to that place of unity. Mm. But it's a choice to yield to him or to learn how to yield to him because he's there. And and listen to where he would have you. Uh, First, he will teach us to get beyond selfishness because we are selfish. We come here selfish. We're interested in our whatever makes us happy but he wants us to look at what makes our brother happy mm-hmm. and that's a choice and it's a, a, a learning to do that so would you say it's fair to say miss judy that the seed to division is selfishness yeah in essence 
And so how, how do you see the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people as he, he, he takes them away from that and pushes them towards what he sees and desires, which ultimately the benefit of that is freedom um, in the body of Christ, but also unity and, and reconciliation amongst God's people. Um, as we walk that way, how would you say, how would you say you've seen that maybe in an instance or an illustration in your own life? Um, I've seen him do miracles. Uh, he will show you in a situation of difficulty. I was thinking of um, one incident where we had gone to Mechanicsburg to look at furniture from my mother had come to live with us. And across the street from where this furniture store was, there's a playground. And so my kids were all little then. I think the youngest was in arms, a little. Um, the oldest was six. And so while he was in the store with my mother, I took the children over to the playground. And uh, when we were there, it was carloads of uh, people had come driving up to the playground and it was like this mom got out of the car and came over to us and was saying, you're not welcome here, get out of here, you can't be in our um, park here, you're, uh, you're not allowed here and all this other stuff. And I felt the spirit of the Lord come upon me. I had the baby, pick the baby up and walk right up to them and began to share the love of Jesus, which would wow. have to be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And here's this mob, you know, and, and instead of running or instead of, it's like, okay, you know, like, Lord, you know, I said, what do you want me to do? He said, go over to him. Mm -hmm. So I did. And one by one, they put their heads down, got in their cars, they drove away, and uh, then he comes out of the car like, what's going on? Wow. <laughs> but it was, you know, at that moment, because I'm wanting to protect my children. Yeah. And then you got this mob, angry mob, I don't know these people, I've never done anything to them, what's, what's the big deal? But the Spirit of God says, minister the gospel to them, which I did. Show love. Yeah. I, I, and so, about Jesus' love. So many people think like um, this incidents like this took place 90 years ago. No. And, yeah, and not that long ago. Uh, I, I recall in 1993, and I, I haven't shared this story very many times, but... Um, we lived in a little community of 300 people, rural, um, rural Illinois, and a uh, very racist area. And uh, in fact, 48 Hours came and did a episode mm -hmm. on the area because it was so volatile, like just bad. Um, but I remember we had an African-American guy, and this was in 1993, moved into our, our little community. And... Uh, I was young in high school and they lynched his dog and mm. put 
absurdities in spray paint on his home. But he was brand new to the community and he left town. And I, I, I'll never forget this. I wasn't even following Christ then. But I believe it was the Spirit of God. I just began to weep over how the people in this town, some of them went to the local church, had treated a human being. Um, and I was like, this isn't right. Um, and so what I've seen over the years is, without God, I, I, as you guys were saying, there is no hope. Yeah. Um, we can come up with all the systems and the strategies, but it's the love of Christ is the only thing that's going to heal the heart Absolutely. of man. And and that's one thing. Um, I'm so honored to be able to call y'all friends is because I see the, the spirit of love that you walk in and freedom you walk in, but the wisdom that you walk in, and that is a result of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like he was sharing in your your story there, uh, Miss Judy. And so Miss Judy, if, if there's somebody that's out there and they're saying like, um, well, what does the Holy Spirit even have to do with with freedom? And what does freedom have to do with unity? How does that connect together? What would you say to that individual? I'd say that he brings the freedom from the, the hurt and the pain that you're suffering that keeps you from your brother. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one that can remove the pain remove the hurt as you give it to him because when you look at anyone or look at circumstances you're looking through a paradigm and it's your past you're looking through every experience you have had in your life uh, true or untrue because things that you believe are not necessarily true you could be believing a lie uh, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth so he brings truth, and it's the truth that he brings that sets you free. It's the truth that you know in your heart that sets you free. It's not just, you know, this is true, um, like you're reading a dictionary, and you read that, and it's true. No, it's experiential truth, and that comes from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. as he brings truth. So it, it's necessary, you know, for that. Judge, would you do you want to add anything to that? Well, certainly I agree with that. That the spirit of truth comes from the spirit of God comes from God. Jesus is it comes in the Word. Jesus is the Word. But also the primary example that I see of actions for people and hearing and responding to the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. It's the example of Jesus. If you, if you think about it, Jesus ministered in the world, did wonderful things. Uh, but he said, I only do what the Father shows me or tells me to do. So he was always in tune. That's what the Holy Spirit is. You have to think of the Holy Spirit as God, or the Spirit of God, or the Word. And he's the one that you look to for your actions for every day, how you to treat people, how you to minister to people. And he shows you how to forgive, how to release pain, how to establish identities, 
He's given all of us a destiny, and that's part of the problem with a lot of people. They don't understand or perceive what that destiny is, the objective that God has put into them. But he can give you all that through his Holy Spirit. So you're looking uh, to him for solutions and directions. And again, I, I come back to my example is to be still and listen for orders. It's like a good soldier in the army. You're in the midst of a battle, whatever that battle is, and you say, Commander in Chief, what are my instructions? What do you want me to do? And you listen, and you only, the good soldier only moves forward when he's got his command, his orders yeah. to move forward. So a lot of times we move forward without the, the right orders from the right God, and, the and God. The danger of that is, yeah. man, I like that illustration because the yeah. danger of that is if you move forward without getting the correct orders, you, you wound people yeah. mm-hmm. in the process. And Absolutely. And we all have been guilty. I, I can look at many examples where I've done stupid things because... I could probably write a book on myself. (laughs) (laughs) By emotions, but you have to come back, you know, recognize that, and God forgives you, releases you, and he makes you new again, and you go out there again and listen to those orders. It's like a lesson that's repeated over and over again. He constantly forgives you. You know, you want to get this right. (laughs) Yeah. You want to get it right. You know, I've offended, I've abused people. Or show me, God, where have I offended or abused people? Yeah, because sometimes we don't even see it. I I, I had a friend, he told me, he was like, uh, stereotyping can be a form of racism. And he said this, he said, there's no nice way to stereotype any racial class in a way that's offensive to them in a nice way. And he's like, you could say something completely meaningless to you, but if it offends your brother, just because you're stereotyping him because of race... And this is in any area. He's like, that can be viewed as a form of racism. I had never even thought of that. I had never saw that avenue. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it would make us, if we were, I, I love what you're saying about being still, because if we were slower to speak, our words would be more intentional mm-hmm. and they would be more well thought. So, hey, uh, as we're closing up, some a common practice we have, and I just want to say again, thank you guys. This has been uh, one of the greatest honors, uh, and I mean that seriously, for you guys to agree to sit down with us at the table. Uh, but one of our common practices as we close is just to close in prayer. And Miss Judy, could you uh, lead us? And then, Judge, could you close us out as Miss Judy's uh, closing up there too? But could you lead us in just a prayer for our nation right now? Uh, and maybe somebody that's listening, if the Lord lays something on your heart for someone, um, you never know as this goes out into the stereo waves, uh, who's listening to this or where they're listening to it from. We've had some incredible stories of people pulling their cars over and, and God just mm-hmm. ministering to them where they're at. So could you just lead us in a prayer for our country and for uh, God's people? <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer that we can call on your wonderful name. Yes, God. And know that your plans and your purposes are what will prevail in our land. We lift up this nation to you. Yes, Lord. And we lift up from the very beginning, uh, all the way back to the Mayflower (laughs) Compact, where 
this nation was dedicated to you. Yes. And to the propagation of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was its destiny. So we call forth America's destiny. We pray for revival in hearts. Yes. The revival to turn to you. Yes, God. That your spirit will cover the earth in glory. Yes, as the God. Water cover the sea. We pray for those who are hurting and feel uh, misunderstood and not treated with dignity. Yeah. And we pray, Father, that you are the one that rectifies all the injustices. Yes. And we lift up this nation and we call forth your divine justice. And we thank you that you are the God who does everything right. Yes. And that you will fulfill your purposes. We call forth uh, those who don't know you to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Yes, God. That they will hear from you. We pray for your church, that your church would reach out and share the gospel to a world that needs you, and you are the only solution. So we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this land, Mm. and we bless your name in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for your revelations that you are imparting to many people in many places and at different times and opening up their hearts, Father, to receive you more and more. Father, we thank you that uh, the urgency is is there, the concern is there, Father, and the hearts are willing, Father, to do what you want them to do, Father. So we just speak right now to those who are wondering, those who have hearts, those who have Lost hope, mm-hmm. those who are on the verge of hope, Father, that all of them, Father, recognize that you are their Father. Yes. That you love them, you care for them, and you only want the very best for them, Father. Father, you, you did the very, very most for them, Father. Some of them have done things, Father, that, um, that they are ashamed of, done things that uh, you are revealing to them now, Father, done things racially, otherwise, Father, that they now see was wrong and, and they want to repent to you, Father. Some of them, Father, recognize that there are things so terrible, so terrible, Father, they think they can never be forgiven for them, Father. Father, let them right know right now that you have forgiven them for yes. all things, Father. Yes. Through your blood, Father, you have forgiven them, you have released them, Father. So, Father, we just call upon them to receive what your blood has done for them, Father. Receive the freedom that you paid a, a precious amount for it, Father. Let them see the revelation of your goodness, Father. You, they are made in your image. We are made yeah. in your image, Father. And you are our Father. And we thank you so much, Father. There are many mothers and fathers out there who regret some of the things they have done in terms of upbringing their kids, Father. Let them know, Father, that they are forgiven and released from that, Father. Let them know, Father, that you are the Father of all of us, Father. And that you are the one who provides salvation, you provide freedom, provides just a, a, a destiny and an identity, Father. You love them just as they are, Father. You made them, you put into them what you wanted uh, them to have, Father. So we call forth right now, Father, we call forth those things that you have put into them to come forth, Father, and to, to be fruitful, to, to mm-hmm. grow and yes. develop, Father. And we just thank you so much for them, Father. 
Father, show them your love. Let them express your love to others. We thank you, Father, for the forgiveness that you placed in them. And Father, we thank you that they will be your examples of, of you throughout the earth. Your spirit will lead and guide and direct them, Father, from this day forward, Father. And we thank you so much for them, and we bless them, Father. Bless their seed, bless them, Father. Bless their circumstances, bless their hearts, Father. Bless their feet wherever they are, Father. Bless the path that you've set forth for them. Bless the destiny that they're coming yes. into realization with and will fulfill, Father. And we just thank you so much, Father. Their identity is based on you. Father, let them only hear your voice of love. No one can tell them who they are, who they are not. But you, Father, let them know you are their, your, your loving Father of them, Father. They are your sons and your daughters. And you love them, Father. And we bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, hey, as we wrap this episode up, I would just say the takeaway uh, for this episode is pretty simple. It's we have to start with the Word of God, which is the seed of truth. Um, we need to be still, uh, as Judge has taught us, and know that uh, God is God and allow Him to speak to us. And then we need to walk uh, with the Spirit. And Miss Judy taught us that... Um, the vengeance is the Lord's. And as we walk with the spirit of God in us, we won't make rash decisions and end up hurting other people. Um, I think it's as simple as this. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. That's the gospel. And show the love of Christ. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for joining us here around the table. And we will see you again next time. Thank you, Pastor John. Well... Well, hey, as I said, that's all the time we've got here at the table today. Thanks for joining us. If you've been blessed by this episode, would you do two things? One, share this episode with a friend and hit the subscribe button if you are not yet subscribed. And until next time, we'll see you right back here at the table.